Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Anne Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. Welcome everyone to a new episode. Welcome to a new week. I hope that you are staying warm if it is cold and I hope that you are enjoying the sun if you are somewhere sunny. So today I want to jump right in and talk a little bit about wild schooling. What is wild schooling? Now, wild schooling can be a lot of different things. I'm going to use the definition that Nicolette Souter uses. She has a website called wilderchild.com, as well as a very active, wonderful Facebook group called Wild Schooling. And I will put links to both of those into the show notes. Nicolette's a wonderful soul. I love listening to her. And this is how she defines wild schooling. More than a curriculum or framework, wild schooling is a movement designed to honor and support our innate, inexorable bond with nature and lend a voice to our inner wild. And I kind of agree with that. I am all on board with that definition. But I also want to encourage people to realize wild schooling is what you make it. Now, this episode kind of came about because lately I have been seeing a lot of people, which is a wonderful thing, commenting on homeschool boards about wild schooling, about nature schooling. And here's the part that makes me cringe. So many of them are asking, what curriculum can I use for wild schooling? And it makes me tense up. Because that kind of goes against the idea of wild schooling to me. Now, first of all, I'm not calling out any moms or parents that are asking this question because I get it. Education and schooling, no matter what it is about, what shape it takes, is so ingrained in us to be a structured curriculum, something tangible. That's so ingrained in us. It is so hammered into us that it is so hard for us to think beyond that paradigm. I totally understand it. I totally get it, especially for young parents that are just starting out, that all they've known is this traditional education model with curriculum and program and structure. And they may or may not have sent their kids to school. Maybe they have tried it. Maybe they're pulling them out. But typically I'm seeing younger uh, parents of younger kids asking these questions that they realize they want to embrace nature, right? They want to, their kids to enjoy their childhood. They want them to get out. They want them to explore. They want them to be curious. All of this is absolutely wonderful. And I'm so excited to see and hear that conversation on these boards. But they still are stuck in this framework of what curriculum do I need? Give me instructions of how to do it. And this is where I responded. Wild schooling is a mindset, not a curriculum. Again, wild schooling 
is a mindset, not a curriculum. And you can call it whatever you want. Wild schooling, nature schooling, nature learning, earth schooling, whatever you want to call it. Getting out in nature. It's a mindset. It's not a set of steps that you can check off. It's not a set of books to read. It's not, um, it's not a list of things to learn. It's a mindset. It's a way of living. It's a way of thinking. It's something to experience. And so that's really why I wanted to make this episode. I'm, I'm hoping, I really hope that people take this not as a criticism or um, not trying to slam anyone. I'm just trying to open, open the lines of communication and open the idea, open the mind to think of this kind of learning and this kind of education even though I almost cringed even using the word education, but using the idea of wild schooling as a mindset, as a way of living. And that parallels the word homeschooling for that matter. Homeschooling is a mindset, in my opinion. It's a mindset. It's a way of living. It's not a curriculum. It's not a program. Because children are always learning. They are innately learning. And so are adults for that matter. I, I love learning. I love being a student of nature and a student of life. I love learning so much. I'm always researching things. I'm always experiencing things. And I'm trying to share that with my kids. So when, when I see people struggling to find a resource to experience some of these things, I have to tell them, stop, stop looking for resources. Just get outside. There was a woman asking for her preschooler. She was saying, and again, I'm not trying to call her out. I'm just trying to use this as an example for people to shift their their mindset. She had a preschooler and she said she really wasn't a fan of outdoors, but her son loved outdoors and she really wanted to get him outside more and learning in nature And she was asking specifically for resources or curriculum to do that. And I did. Again, I responded for this as well. And I said, no, stop overthinking it. Don't overthink this. Just do it. Just get outside. Look at the clouds. Touch the bark. Count the leaves. Watch the ants on the ground. Touch the grass. Like, don't look for books and resources. Don't look for equipment. Don't you know, don't have a checklist. Just get out and experience it. Over time, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. If this is difficult to kind of wrap your head around, over time, it will start to make sense. And it will definitely be something that gets easier. It's something that you'll start to see over time that, wow, my kids are learning, they're gaining confidence with climbing that tree or crossing that creek. They're having a longer attention span because they can sit and they can stare at those little fish swimming in that creek for 20 minutes. But yet they find it difficult to sit and do a worksheet in the house for more than five minutes. You'll understand 
those differences. You'll understand the whys when you start to see your kids experiencing these things out in nature. And they will be a wonderful thing. Like you're going to see these things and you're going to just sigh a wonderful sigh of contentment because I think it's such a great thing to see. Now, I know that a lot of times we talk about wild schooling and nature schooling for young kids, for preschoolers, younger elementary. And even I have struggled with that as well as my wild child has gotten older and she's now 11. My older kids were definitely into nature. My oldest one actually, who is 22 now, was probably the most into the wild and being outside and being in nature. And then when we moved to California when he was around 14, unfortunately that changed a little bit just because of our environment. We had always lived in the country or we lived closer to large nature areas. And when we moved here to suburbia, it was a little more challenging. However, we do live by a large park, but it was just a little bit different for him. It wasn't as wild for him as he was used to. And so I admit that it was sad for me to see that he kind of pulled away from nature that he was so enmeshed in before that. And my other two kids weren't as big into nature as my youngest one is, who's always been my wild child into nature. And as she has gotten older, it's been a little bit harder sometimes to engage in nature because, as you can imagine, screens and video games and texting friends and watching movies and YouTube videos and all of these things kind of start to compete with their time and their attention and their interest. And I will totally admit, my daughter goes in phases. She'll go in phases where it's a struggle for me to get her offline and outside. And there's other times where she just wants to be out all the time and going to the park or going to the beach, going to the tide pools, or just sitting outside literally in the yard looking at the things crawling in the grass. Like, (laughs) you never know. And I've kind of learned to kind of accept those ebbs and flows, even though I would prefer a lot more time in nature. I'm kind of realizing that kids are growing, right? They're changing, they're, they're adapting, and we kind of just have to go with it. I can encourage, and I can support, and I can kind of nudge a little bit. But ultimately, I'm kind of letting her kind of guide this process. And I do find that when we are out in nature, like if I suggest a nature walk and she's like, "Eh, I don't know, I'm like, come on, let's go. We're just going to go for half an hour. Okay, fine. That never is a half hour. It's always longer. It Because once she gets out there in nature, it expands. It's She gets into things, she gets into observing, she gets into following something, into checking things out. And next thing you know, it's easily an hour or more. So again, I see nudging is a good thing. Nagging is not. But encouraging is definitely something that I do. One of the things I do to encourage kind of the whole wild schooling mindset is with exploring other people that have been there before us. So I will have her look at biographies or stories about other 
people that have been either scientists or pioneers or in some other way influenced um, ecology or marine science or nature or zoology in some way. So we definitely have some of our favorites of especially women that have discovered things or been explorers or whatever. And she happens to respond well to that. She likes to see role models. She likes to see other people that have done cool things, you know, discovered dinosaurs or uh, swam with sharks, scuba dived in different areas, all those kinds of things. So I definitely think finding resources, watching, you know, planet Earth videos, all those things are fabulous. But to me, those kind of come as a support piece, as something that's kind of an extra. It's not the foundation. And I think that is, I think that's the biggest issue is that people are going at it backwards. They're looking for all those resources and all those kinds of books and videos and things as a foundation piece, but it's not. It's the opposite. Nature is the foundation. Nature is it. Nature is the building blocks that you build on and then you start to branch off. What do I want to learn more about? Oh, I want to learn more about geology. So I'm going to get some resources to learn about those things. That I think is really, really key. Start with nature. Start with just embracing it. And then go beyond that. Go to the environment. Go to recycling. Go to how can we um, lessen our footprint? Can we get rid of, you know, use less plastics in our house? Can we get rid of straws? Can we get rid of takeout containers? Can we stop using um, the, all the reusable, or I mean, all the one-use plastic, plastic bags? You know, all of those things kind of come, depending on, you know, the age of your child and, and their interests, but those things are all are part of it. Those are all part of nature. Like there's all, there's so many facets. There's so many areas that all start to kind of come together. When you're thinking of ecology, one of the things that Nicolette talks about is your biome. Like what is your biome? Where do you live? What's around you? And I think that's really key too. Like when I first moved here from the Midwest, like the Midwest, my biome, right? I had seasons, I had snow in the winter, I had changing leaves, I had hot in the summer, I had, you know, I was landlocked, obviously, I did not have oceans around me, I did not have mountains around me, you know, I had creeks, or I had ponds, or I had rivers, you know, all those things were in my biome, all those things were around me, and that was how I lived like that was my nature that was my perspective and then when I moved from there to the west coast and it was a totally different biome and it was like kind of mind-blowing it was just on multiple levels I mean not only did I have this totally different environment this totally different biome around me but the seasons were so different I didn't have snow I didn't have cold I didn't have the changing leaves in the same way I didn't have those changing of seasons to turn the wheel of the year like that was difficult for me to transition and difficult for my kids as well 
And that was something we kind of had to get used to and we had to talk about and we had to see how that fit in with where we were within within our biome and what those effects were on us and how we adapted, how we acclimated to it. I think sometimes it's really easy for us to kind of bemoan our lack of things in our biome. Like, wow, I wish I had the ocean when I'm, you know, live in the Midwest. Or, oh, I wish I had snow when I live on the coast. Or I wish I had, you know, something else. And if it's one huge thing that I have learned after moving four times, it's that we have to live where we are. We have to live where we are. We have to embrace it. We have to enjoy it because life is short and we cannot, there's no time for regret. There's no time for questioning. We have to make the best of where we are and live within that biome, live within that area, live within that environment. And the other part of of wild schooling is just the sense of being in tune with nature as far as the time of year. Looking at the wheel, I call it the wheel of the year. That's kind of a, um, a pagan or a, a Celtic kind of thing to look at. But I look at it just as the turning of the year, the turning of the seasons, the different things that happen at different times of year. Obviously, spring is, has new growth. Summer has the peak of crops and growth and light and celebration. You know, the fall has the harvest. The winter has um, the resting period, hibernation. I love using kind of that wheel of the year to mark the different progression through the year. Not everybody has to do that as part of their wild schooling experience. That's just something that that we use and we enjoy and we love celebrating those different steps along the wheel, as well as the phases of the moon. The phases of the moon are huge for us because we live by the ocean. We live by the tides, high tide, low tide. And that not only is something that you have to be pay attention to for safety issues if you spend a lot of time at the beach, but it's also that push and that pull of the ocean and the moon. And it's, to me, it's a wonderful way to track our time, to track. It's even hard to put into words for me because it's a personal thing. And I think everybody kind of needs to figure out how it works for them or if they even really follow the phases of the moon and pay attention at all. For me, the whole waxing and waning and the full and the new moon, they mark time for me. They mark different reminders for me of perhaps goals that I'm trying to achieve or things that we're trying to accomplish. So it's something that I pay attention to, that I follow, that I find a good way to track time as I guess you could say it's my nature's day planner so to speak it's like a nature calendar not only with the phases of the moon but the seasons and just the different things that are occurring throughout the year naturally 
I know I said before that there are resources, there's books, there's all those kinds of things as a supplement, but not as the foundation. And I absolutely agree with that. There are so many resources out there to get people thinking about this, about wild schooling, about living in in tune with nature. There are lots and lots of wonderful resources out there. I will try to list a couple of them. There's just so many. I'm, I know I'll miss some really good ones, but I will list out a couple of them just as a couple resources. But what I really want you to do is join the Wild Schooling Facebook page. Like I said, I will put a link for that in the show notes because that group is just so wonderful. It's just such a wealth of information. It's an inclusive group. It's it's just, I've gained a lot of wonderful information from it, a lot of support. And it's just wonderful seeing other people wild schooling in their own way and i that also has lots and lots of resources so you can check the that file section you can do a search on the board things like that for lots of great resources so again i just want to remind you i want to close with wild schooling is a mindset it is not a curriculum our children ourselves we are always learning. We don't have to have a worksheet, a book, a checklist. We don't need those things to learn. We need to trust ourselves. We need to observe. We need to just be in nature. We need to be in the place that gives us comfort, gives us a sense of wonder, and makes us happy. So that's really just what I wanted to share today. Please check me out on Instagram at Latte Books to Read. I post tons of stuff, nature schooling, wild schooling, homeschooling on that page, as well as make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already so you'll know when the next episode is released. So I hope you have a great week and until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.